what's going on? Happy Thursday. Welcome to Chatterbox Reds. My name is Nick Kirby. Chatterbox Reds is your daily home for live post-game shows after every Reds game on YouTube and podcasts like you're listening to right now, always available bright and early the morning after every Reds game. We are presented, as always, by Betfred Sportsbook. Well, coming up on today's episode, myself and Trace Fowler discuss Wednesday's Reds game. We'll recap all the Reds minor league action and preview the Reds' next series at the Pirates. But first, here's what happened on Wednesday afternoon at Great American Ballpark. It was Graham Ashcraft versus Johnny Cueto, and it was a scoreless game through the first three innings. In the top of the fourth, Ashcraft had retired seven straight batters, but Josh Bell was able to just sneak a solo home run into the left field stands. That made it one nothing Marlins. In the bottom of the fourth, the Reds' offense had only one base runner through the first three and two-thirds innings against Johnny Cueto, but Spencer Steer woke the boys up with a home run off the ribbon scoreboard attached to the bleachers. That tied the game up at one. Then Joey Votto got an infield single, and Christian Encarnacion Strand crushed a home run, 108 off the bat. Just like that, it was 3-1 Reds. In the bottom of the sixth, Matt McClain and Joey Votto singled. It was Votto's third hit of the game, and then Christian Encarnacion Strand singled, and that made it a 4-1 Reds lead. Graham Ashcraft was dominant once again on Wednesday afternoon. He allowed just one run over seven innings. Ashcraft's last sinker of the game, pitch number 102 of the day, was 99.2 miles per hour. Ashcraft has a 1.94 ERA over his last eight starts. But the Reds went to the bullpen in the eighth. Ian Jabot got two outs, but he did leave a runner on first base, and David Bell went to Sam Mole. Mole gave up a single to Luis Arise and then a game-tying three-run home run to Josh Bell, Bell's second homer of the day, and it was a tie ball game at four just like that. In the bottom of the eighth, Matt McClain did reach on an air, but then Steer, Votto, and CES all struck out. Alexis Diaz came in the top of the ninth, and he gave up a leadoff home run to Brian De La Cruz. Diaz put two more runners on base. He was able to get a double play to get out of the ninth without any further damage. But then in the bottom of the ninth, outside of a Stuart Fairchild single, the Reds went quietly. Reds fall 5-4. Reds now 60-57 and on the season. And the Reds are just 1-8 in August. Here is what Reds manager David Bell had to say about another deflating loss. I was going to have tough stretches, but is it, there's just no way around it. This one, I mean, this one had to hurt today, the way it unfolded. For sure. Yeah, it was a tough loss. Uh, Graham pitched a great game, probably got the most ground balls he's had all year, attacked the strike zone, um, a lot of swing and miss, just a, a great start. So you get in a position like that and... I thought we had good at-bats today, or um, we had the lead and weren't able to hold on to it. This last little stretch here of Diaz seems a bit more hittable, and I know it's a non-save situation today, which is different for a guy, but you seen anything with him that you can relate to maybe what's going on? Uh, n- nothing more than you know, every every player, every pitcher, even uh, Alexis Diaz has been had just an incredible season for us, two seasons for us. 
you know, it, it, it can't be perfect, and um, you know, you can't be expected to dominate every single time you go out there on the mound, especially for for a young player. I, you know, we we don't expect that. We just um, expect adjustments. We expect development. We expect improvement, and, and our guys are working um, every day to do that. Getting pretty used to Graham Ashcraft giving him what he gave you. He's been very, very consistent down this last stretch. Definitely. I mean, that's a perfect example. You went through a tough time um, for really not a very long period of time. I mean, it was a pretty short period of time that he, he had a, a, a few tough outings. Um, and then he just kept working at it and kept uh, believing in himself and, and came out of it pitching better came out of it a better pitcher than he was before before he struggled earlier in the year so that's what it's all about david bell also said before the game that ben lively is eligible to return on august 17th and he could be back as soon as that date well benson who was out of the lineup surprisingly against a right-handed pitcher on wednesday has a stiff back but david bell said quote he should be fine and here is what graham ashcraft had to say about his start and also some comments about his reaction to striking out Jazz Chisholm. Uh, take us into the clubhouse a little bit. I mean, this is obviously a tough homestand, a, a outcome tough today. Is, is this going to be one of the tougher hurdles, if not the toughest, to get over? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's it's frustrating. I feel like we're playing the game really well. I mean, a lot of us do. I mean, there's some guys making some really good plays, some guys making some really good quality pitches when we need them to, and guys having really good at-bats when we need them to. I mean... It's just, you all know it, it's baseball, it's part par for course. I mean, there's times where you can be on top of the world and nothing stops you, and there's times where you can go out and be excellent and still get beat. I mean, it's it's baseball. It's, it's what everybody always says, you know, it's not an easy game. If it was easy, everybody can do it, and we're just, we got a little tough stretch right now that we're going through, and we're going to get out of it, and we're going to get back to where we need to be. Is it more of the same for you today? I mean, you've been on a pretty good run here. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I was able to locate everything, both sides of the plate, sinker, cutter, slider was staying down in the zone, getting a lot of chase, swing and miss, and I was, I was feeling really good today. Obviously, you felt strong. You were 99 miles per hour in your 102nd pitch. 103rd pitch was a strikeout to end it, so obviously you were feeling strong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel I feel really good. We've kind of found some stuff with the mechanics about staying in the backside a little bit more that's kind of helping out and kind of getting the velo to kind of get back to where it normally is and kind of be able to hold it longer throughout the game. And so we're, we're, we're still making the right tweaks and going in the right direction. We've just got to keep piecing it together slowly. Was there anything uh, behind your reaction to striking out Chisholm there in the, was it the seventh or sixth? The sixth, yeah. <laughs> No, uh, he pissed me off, and he's lucky that's what he got. I'll leave it at that. Well, you had 103 pitches, obviously, at the end of the seventh. Could you have had another eight, another inning in you, or without the end of the line for you as far as how you felt? I mean, the, these day games, with it being earlier, I mean, it's really humid, especially with the rain that came in early. I mean, I was... I was pretty gassed. I mean, I that last inning, I was trying to leave everything I have out on the field, so... Well, the Brewers, of course, came back from down 4 nothing. They trailed again in the 10th inning, but they walked off the Rockies on an air that should have ended the 10th inning. The Reds are now two and a half back in the NL Central. Reds did, however, get a lot of help in the wildcard race. The Giants, Cubs, Diamondbacks, and Padres all lost, so the Reds are now a half game behind 
the Marlins, who passed the Reds with the win head-to-head on Wednesday. Marlins hold the final NL wildcard spot. Reds tied with the Cubs, half game back. Diamondbacks are two more further back behind the Reds and Cubs. All right, here's myself and Trace Fowler discussing the game with instant reaction on Wednesday afternoon on Chatterbox Reds Live on YouTube. I know I wasn't here for some of the tough losses earlier in this week, uh, last week and a half. last two weeks, really, if we're being completely frank, has been absolutely atrocious. Vibes are low, uh, to say the least, and and um, we're getting close. I don't know if we're there yet, but we're getting close to the line in the sand for the season. Yeah, this is a tough one. I don't, I don't know if this is worse than Friday. I mean, they both just were brutal losses. Seems like we'd avoided a lot of these all year, and I don't know, maybe it's catching up with us. I don't know. But, yeah, this was a brutal loss today. I don't know what else to say. Let's get into Grand Mashcraft really quickly, uh, the bright spot of the day, and that's what sucks about it the most. It's like there's some thoughts I have, and I'm trying to trying to reel it in here. My main point right now is, is that um, for us to sit here and scream and yell about going out and getting starting pitching and starting pitching and starting pitching and, oh, this team needs starting pitching, and, and, I, and I understand why. It was obvious at the time that that was the weak spot of this baseball team, but um, – you know, whether Nick Crawl seen this, whether the front office, someone else in the front office seen this. I am, if we're going to be somewhat of an optimistic viewpoint here for just a quick second, bear with me here. If you're the ones that really want to just smash glass the whole entire show and, and, and tell us how the franchise is dead, I understand why you're like that right now, but hear me out for just a second. If we would have traded some higher-end prospects or we would have traded some guys that we might have wanted to rely on the next two to three years for starting pitching right now when this offense has been abysmal. That would have been salt on the wound. I'm not suggesting, oh, thank God we didn't go get anybody and thank God we didn't, we didn't, you know, trade the farm. I'm not trying to say that. I am trying to say that the starting pitching, for the most part, hasn't been the reason, in my opinion, as to why the slide or skid has happened. I don't know if you agree with that, Nick, but Graham Ashcraft shoved today. Looked great. I don't know what happened in that like three or four start window he had earlier this year. Maybe it was maybe it was his grandma passing away. That's possible. That's the only real thing that you could point to, Nick, in my opinion, to say, hey, that maybe that was why. Because outside of that little three to four start window, he's been excellent. So thank thankfully, um, that's one thing that uh that 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 looks optimistic. Moving forward is that uh, Graham Ashcraft is somewhat back. I don't want to sit here and be like the Texas guy and say, Texas is back, and next thing you know, Ashcraft uh, doesn't throw well, and next thing you know, uh, we're, we're back to ground zero. But Ashcraft for you today, and then anything else that you want to discuss? Well, I mean, one, one just kind of quick point about the season. It's kind of felt like the Reds have had one glaring problem throughout the season, and it's been different points of the year. First month of the season, it was the offense. The offense stunk. Reds got swept in a four-game series in Pittsburgh earlier this year, and they only gave up 12 runs. Uh, and then it was the offense was cooking, but they were winning all these you know, super high-scoring games. The pitching wasn't keeping up. Bullpen had been pretty consistent all year, but now maybe it's the bullpen a little bit along with the offense at this point. So the Reds have, it, the Reds have kind of been able to mask these problems at times all year. And over the last week, some of those have kindly like broke through a little bit, I think. But 
uh yeah i mean we gotta we gotta start with graham ashcraft i mean he was awesome you can't take anything away from this game or you can't let what the awfulness of the end of the game take away from from him today only allowed five hard hit balls got 18 whiffs i mean this guy that didn't strike guys out and, and he's he's completely reinvented himself late and he's getting a lot more swing and miss he's getting a lot more strikeouts hit one hit 100 on the gun at one point so he's been awesome for a year where coming into the year we were counting so much on hunter green nick lodolo and graham ashcraft hunter green and nick lodolo haven't delivered mostly because they've been on the injured list graham ashcraft has been the one that stepped up and he deserves a lot of credit and he's definitely one piece that we have to feel really 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 good about for the future yeah no, that's fair it's more than fair I know Bell goes to, to Mole is going to have one quite the reaction inside the chat. The first thing that you did, I, I sat in this chair, and I kid you not, I looked up at the screen. I pulled Fubo up Fubo up on, on, on the computer here so I could watch the end of the game. And somewhere between me getting out of my car, walking in here, getting everything set up, it was 4-1, to one and, it, and it legitimately was 4-4. Four to four. How that happened, I'll be honest. I didn't even get a chance to see it. Obviously, you walked me through it, and you said, listen, I think it was the right decision. It just didn't work out. And you already kind of hinted to that during uh, right there before the Bosco recap. But just in your general terms, splits were, were heavily in favor of throwing a lefty and mold didn't deliver. Is that pretty much the baseline of it? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's more to it than just this one thing. But look no further than there's two outs in the eighth inning. You need one more out and you get out of that inning with a three-run lead. Luis Arise comes to the plate. Luis Arise has a career 340 batting average against right-handed pitching. He has a 283 career batting average against left-handed pitching. Sam Mole has dominated left-handed batters all year. Luis Arise is a left-handed batter. Sam Mole came in. Arise got a single. The next batter, Josh Bell, has lesser numbers in his career against left-handed pitching. It's not a drastic. He's a switch hitter. It's, it's close. But the first batter, you need one out. It's like fifty something points higher batting average. Like it, the it sometimes the right move just doesn't work. I do not understand how anyone could be upset at that one. If you're after, you maybe get past the the emotion of it. It was the right move. There's not a manager in baseball that would have made a different move than David Bell did. Not a single manager. Yeah, I'm not going to get overly, overly critical about it because I don't know enough about it, if we're being honest. I think that, that sometimes you get on these shows and sometimes, uh, you know, some people want might, to they, they might want to make like a huge point or start screaming and yelling inside of a microphone. And, and, you know, yeah, I do get passionate at times, but when I get passionate, it's about things that I actually believe in. It's not a shtick. It's things that are truthful, in my opinion. I don't, I don't, I just don't get fired up about this. I don't, it doesn't make, it doesn't move the needle for me. Um, I'm not going to sit here and scream and yell because he went to a lefty when lefty splits look to be more important. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I kind of just want to discuss the direction of what, of what, what we expect moving forward. CES looked good. Yeah. Uh, he hit some balls really hard. You know, Steers had some bad luck, man. He's hit some balls hard that were right on the screws that have been right at guys. Yeah, he hit a home run today, but thankfully he hit it out because otherwise it seems like it would have been caught. It had been uh, caught. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, we're in a position right now, Nick, where it can go one of two ways. The wheels could fall off. This team comes back down to earth. Some injuries have happened. Depth's a problem. We're ahead of schedule. 
young guys aren't as good as we think that they were about a month ago. And all in all, Reds finished in third place. Six six games back of the first place, Milwaukee Brewers and or Chicago Cubs. Or if you told me this team got scorching hot, hotter than the sun in September and went to the NLCS, it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me. It, it it's 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 it can it can go it can go both directions as 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 easy as easy as as easy as the other one. I don't think there's one way where you could say, oh, it's definitely gonna go that way or it's definitely gonna go that way. NLCS might be a little bit of a stretch, but it wouldn't shock me if they at least made it to the to the divisional round. They they win their three game series against whoever they play. You know, what icing on the cake would be the icing on the cake for this season would be Nick is if somehow they did pick up that wild card spot. And they had to go play the Brewers in Milwaukee, and they beat them. That would be hilarious. That'd be laugh out loud funny. That'd be like that would that would show you the real issue with Major League Baseball and their playoff system. You play 162 games. One team dominates the other team. One team wins the division, and the other team strolls up there and gets hot for two days. And the next thing you know, oh, it doesn't matter. All those those eight nine months that you guys just grinded through, it doesn't matter. Because the last two days you weren't good enough to beat the other team, even though you're like eleven and two against them during the regular season. Yeah, I'd say they should have got a bye. That's their problem. Okay, fair enough. All right, Benson, that's a problem. If he's hurt, that's a problem. You can't have Fraley and Benson hurt at the same time, Nick. Yeah, I we were going through those first four innings, and uh, it was dark. I was. Like just, I pulled up the splits and I like just my head went down. Like it's it's rough. I I don't I don't think enough people probably realize how much of Spencer Steer and Matt McLean's value is against left-handed pitching, which is fine. But like Spencer Steer came into today with a 100 weighted runs created plus against right-handed pitching, and there's nothing wrong with that. Auenio Suarez and Nick Castellanos are players that have made a living out of being average to slightly above average hitters against right-handed pitching that just absolutely crushed left-handed pitching. Um, but Benson and Fraley, I mean, Benson's at 148 way to runs created place plus Fraley's at 126. Right. Then it's McLean at 117 and then it really starts dropping off. I guess CES is a guy that I think even though he is a right-hander could hit, you know, right-handed pitching a lot better, but this is not a good lineup at all against right-handed pitching with those two guys out. It's, it doesn't matter if you put Fairchild. It doesn't matter if you call up whoever. There's no one like that can replace those two in the entire Reds organization. Yeah, I'm with you. Not to jump subjects uh, around and around. I'll, I'll leave it at this. This team is not good enough to have depth problems right now. They're just not. Two to three years from now, I think they will be. And I know people are tired of hearing about two to three years from now. So I'm not even going to get into that. There's no reason to talk about two to three years from now. They're, they still have a chance to win this division. We're not going to get into that discussion, but if if you were if you were to want to say before, like I said, we we have no idea what 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 most of these guys back of their base baseball cards look like. We we have no idea what the back of the baseball cards of most of these guys we run out there every day look like. Uh, outside of uh, outside of Nixon Zell, Joy Votto, I would even tell you, you don't know what you're going to get because he's been hurt, and you just you don't know. But you know. I know, I, I, know, being, I know what Nixon Zell's back of his baseball card looks like. I can tell you that. You, Nixon you, Zell being bad 
bad against right-handed pitching might be the only thing I know is absolute true. And maybe I think Steer for sure is going to mash lefties. But yeah, I mean, everyone else is kind of like, you know, I, I don't really know what they are. I mean, honestly, we have to hope and pray Ellie De La Cruz gets hot. That's it. We're scorched that's it. Right I mean, that's, that, that's like... Can, can we be honest with ourselves? He sucked. He sucked. He sucked. He's played terrible. And, 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 and you know what? It doesn't mean that he's a bad player. I, I'm so tired of people, like, killing him. But if we want to sit here and point, point to, like, what's changed, that's changed. I mean, that's how big of an impact he made when he came up here. It got, the guy got on base. He hit home runs. He was an energy ball. It's hard to be a ball of energy in a bright spot, Nick, when you're struggling. It just is. That, that doesn't work. I mean, I wish I could. I, okay, the only thing I would say that actually will piss me off is at some point I get, I get what Bill James said. I have not given in. That's not the right word to use. I have come to the understanding of what everybody means when it comes to what a lineup card is and the chances of it mattering. But good God almighty, can we at least just admit that if we said, okay, these guys were playing this well with this lineup card and these guys were playing this well with this lineup card, at some point, let's just, let's just give it a shot. It might not work. You probably are right. But this is one of those deals where you're, you're, you're at a loss and you've been trying to fix a problem for like, you ever, you ever lost something, Nick? Have you ever lost something at your house? You can't find the remote. You can't find the keys. You start looking in some crazy ass places. You're like, did I accidentally leave that in my, did I accidentally leave that in my pocket and threw it in the washer and you're digging through your washer looking for something that's not even there. That's where I feel like we're at for the lineup. Let's, let's go. Let's, let's just give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. It might not work. You know, your keys probably aren't in the bottom of the sink, but let's look there. You never know. Something, something crazy could happen. I don't know. I I just, that's where I'm at at this point. I'm not going to, like I said, I'm, I'm not, maybe this is a rant or not a rant. I'm not, it's not about that. It's more or less just me saying at, it's not going well and it's not been going well for quite some time. Let's put Ellie back in the three or four hole, five hole, whatever hole you want to put him in and get him back out of the leadoff spot and see if in his young, unmature mind, he goes back to being a little more relaxed. Because when he got put in the leadoff spot, his immature brain might have made him think he has to be more than what he was before, and that's just not the truth. Maybe Jonathan India will, 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 will come back and be, be, be the leadoff man Friday, and we'll hit the ground running, Nick, and everybody will say, Jonathan India is a leader, He's a guy that you can't trade, and he's one of the biggest the biggest components to make this team go. And at that point, I'll shut up forever about it. I'll shut up forever about it. I, I, I won't ever make fun of the fact that Jonathan India is not a leader again if he comes back and they start playing well. Bat Jonathan India leadoff on, on Friday. I, I'm with you. Let's do it. What What is it going to hurt? It's not going to hurt anything. One, I think Ellie's struggles are more than just batting leadoff. I think he was struggling before he got moved to leadoff. I, I think that's a, I think saying him batting leadoff is the reason he's struggling. I don't think that it has any, I think it's just him learning is the thing. Uh, but sure, bat, bat India leadoff on Friday. I support it. I have no issue with it. But at the end of the day, it does not matter if Ellie's batting first, if Ellie's batting fifth, or Ellie's batting ninth. If Ellie De La Cruz does not, perform well, especially with Fraley and Benson out, this team's going nowhere. 
So when you lay your when you lay your head on the pillow tonight, pray that Ellie De La Cruz figures it out if you want the Reds to have any chance this year. Because they have no chance without Ellie De La Cruz playing like he played in uh in July. Yeah. They just they just don't. Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, we're we're in a tough spot. We all love the Reds. The Reds are not loving us back right now, and that's okay. That's part of this thing. It's part of fandom. It's part of what makes the highs the highs. You know? I know you don't want to hear that, but that's part of the truth we've we've been to the depths of hell as reds fans you'd like to think at some point we're going to get to the mountaintop and i still think we will get to the mountaintop um i was hoping it'd be a little bit sooner than it was than i was expecting it to be the expectations without question changed in this team and they rightfully should have it's a wait and see game now because i think the biggest thing they're fighting at this point is mental is a, is a mental hurdle to get over i think that this team's playing stressed they don't look like they're playing free um, they're they're hoping things happen instead of expecting things to happen. There's just a big difference in the vibes around this team right now. And some of that's injury. Some of that's injury. You don't have Jonathan India. You don't have Jake Fraley. If Will Benson's out now, you know, that that changes things. Ellie De La Cruz has not been as good as, near, near nowhere close to as good as he was when he first came up. So we'll see what happens. I, you know, Matt McLean, he deserves an opportunity to, to cool off a little bit. He was never going to maintain what he was doing uh, all year long. Spencer Steer, uh, it's good to see him hitting balls hard again. CES, hopefully he gets going. Joey Votto, um, Joey Votto is one of those guys that I don't know how many times he's going to be able to hit you know, a good left-handed pitcher. Listen, if it's a bad left-handed pitcher, it's he's proven that he can actually do some damage against bad left-handed pitching. It's just that anytime he faces an, an, a, a little bit of above-average arm from the left-handed side, it's not good. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. All right, let's get you caught up on all the Reds minor league action from Wednesday. Start with AAA. St. Paul beat Louisville 5-3. Bats now 59-49 and on the season. Louisville two and a half back in the International League second half race. Jose Barrero stayed hot. He had a great game, two for four. Hit his 10th home run of the year. The home run, 444 feet, 103.2 off the bat. Barrero also stole his 12th base of the season. Also had a 98-mile-an-hour flyout in this game. Novi Marte, he was one for four with a double. The double was at 100 miles an hour hit, and it was 401 feet. Vladimir Gutierrez continued his strong rehab campaign. He threw a scoreless inning, just allowed one hit, no walks, and struck out a batter. Vladimir Gutierrez now has five innings pitched between Arizona and Louisville. He has not allowed a run, and he's only allowed one hit. Casey Legomina, who was officially optioned uh, on Monday to Louisville. He was on a rehab assignment. They officially optioned him. He threw an inning in two-thirds, one hit, one run, one walk, one strikeout. Uh, It was the first run that Legomina has allowed in 5.2 innings since he returned from the IL. He does, however, only have two strikeouts. Hunter Green, he will be scheduled to start on Thursday at 8.07, Against St. Paul for AAA Louisville, Hunter Green's second rehab game, and we will obviously closely be watching that. AA, the Chattanooga Lookouts, they were rained out. They'll play a doubleheader against Pensacola starting at 5-15 on Thursday. Down to high A, Dayton Dragons, they lost 9-3 to Wisconsin. Dragons now 53-51 on the season. They are two back in the Midwest East Division second half race. Edwin Arroyo, he was on base three times, and he stole his 25th bag of the year. 
Austin Hendrick hit his 10th home run of the year. That's his second home run in three games. Sal Stewart was one for four. Matt Nelson, two for five. And Kate Hunter was one for five. And the Daytona Tortugas, they swept a doubleheader over Jupiter. Won 7-1 in game one, 5-0 in game two. A lot of good performances uh, for the Tortugas on Wednesday. Cam Collier, four for seven between the two games. Victor Costa, two for six, two walks between the two games. Carlos Jorge was on base six times, and he stole two bases. He's got 31 stolen bases on the year. Hector Rodriguez had a double, and he stole his 16th base in game one. And then Logan Tanner, the catching prospect, hit his second home run of the season in game number two. All right, well, the Reds will have a much-needed off day on Thursday just the Reds' second off day since the All-Star break, so they could clearly use it. Reds will also be off next Monday and next Thursday, so three off days coming up uh, in eight, an eight-day span, so that is short, certainly much needed for the Reds. On Friday, Reds will begin a three-game series at PNC Park in Pittsburgh against the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates, they play on Thursday afternoon against Atlanta, uh, so hopefully uh, that game goes about 25 innings and the Pirates use every pitcher that they have. Since May 1st, the Pirates, they have the worst record in the National League. So the Reds should take some solace in that. Probably should not take some solace in the fact that the Reds are just 2-5 and five against the Pirates in 2023. Reds did win 2-3 of three in Cincinnati. That was the very first series of the entire year. But then the Reds were swept in a four-game series in Pittsburgh uh, back in late April. The Pirates, however, have only outscored the Reds 20-19 over the seven games this season. Pirates also have won seven straight games against the Reds at PNC Park dating back to last season. So what that tells me is the Reds are due to beat the crap out of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and hopefully they can do it all weekend. Starting pitching matchups, the Reds have officially announced their starters for the weekend Pirates have not, so I'm just going off of what Fangraphs projects will be their starting rotation. So what we're expecting Friday, it will be Andrew Abbott against Johan Oviedo. Friday night's game starts at 7.05. Saturday, it will be Brandon Williamson against Luis Ortiz. Uh, that game also starts at 7.05 on Saturday. And then on Sunday, a 135 game, Luke Weaver up against Mitch Keller. A little bit more about Friday's starting pitching matchup. Andrew Abbott comes in. 6-3 with a 2.93 ERA. Abbott, over his last two starts, has really struggled, though. He's got an ERA of 10. He's allowed 14 hits in nine innings. Also, eight walks allowed in nine innings. Um, Abbott has never faced the Pirates, um, and so hopefully he can uh, uh, pitch well on Friday. Uh, pitcher we expect for the Pirates, Oviedo, has been outstanding of late. He's got a 0.90 ERA. Over his last three starts, and in his last start, he threw seven shutout innings at Milwaukee, only allowed two hits. All right, wanted to make sure I gave a shout-out before I wrap this show up to Paul Fritchner. Paul Fritchner announced on Off the Bench that Friday is going to be his last day and his last show with Chatterbox Sports. Paul Fritchner is absolutely one of the good guys one of the most genuine people that I have ever met. And Paul was actually very instrumental in myself coming over to Chatterbox Sports, putting in a good word for me with the higher-ups, a.k.a. Trace and Sean at Chatterbox, and also 
Uh, I respect Paul so much and uh, his opinion and, and what he does that he gave Chatterbox some credibility to me. And so uh, if it wasn't for Paul, probably would not be here doing the show right now. So you can either thank him or blame him for that. But nonetheless, wish Paul Frischner the absolute best in whatever he does. He is a star. All right, Friday, no podcast. I'm going to take the day off on Thursday night, uh, rest and recover after a brutal week of baseball for our Reds. But we'll be back Friday night around 9.30 on YouTube, Chatterbox Sports, me and Trace, uh, wrapping up Reds and Pirates, hopefully talking about a win with some recharged batteries. So uh, join us 9.30 uh, Friday night on YouTube. And of course, if you missed that, uh, podcasts will be available Saturday morning. We promise to always have podcasts available the morning after every single Reds game. And hopefully, as high school sports, as college football, as pro football uh, starts up, and I know some of you won't be able to watch as many Reds games, hopefully you'll tune into our podcast and it can be a place where you can get a quick recap of the game that happened, a little bit of conversation, and if you miss the game, you can still feel in the loop on what's going on with the Reds. Hopefully it's a playoff race. Hopefully it's that. If not, hey, we'll still be here talking about uh, the Reds and uh, 2024 and uh, all that kind of fun stuff. But hopefully it's a playoff race. I'm still holding out hope for that. One favor, if you haven't left us a five-star review wherever you listen to our podcast, please do that right now. That kind of stuff really helps us out with the metrics and all that kind of stuff as we try to continue to grow the show here with Chatterbox Reds. You all have been incredible. If you haven't left this five-star review, just take two seconds to do that. We would really appreciate it. Well, I hope you have a fantastic Thursday. Enjoy this much-needed off day for the Reds. Uh, maybe tune into Hunter Green's start on, on Thursday night if you got MILB TV, or just take a night off, relax, and we'll be back Friday better than ever. Go Reds.